This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing, where we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators that are driving transformation across their industries. This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. In this podcast, we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators who are driving transformation across their industries. I'm Patrice Sikora, and with me today is Natalie Burkett's Global Head of Regulatory Solutions at Northern Trust. Today, Natalie is going to discuss how the industry is preparing for the change to a T plus one settlement cycle. She will discuss the impact the change will have, the steps regulatory bodies and market participants are taking to ensure the transition is as seamless as possible, and the opportunities this change will unlock for the industry. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for being here today. But before we get going on T plus one, let's learn a bit about you. Tell us about your career experience and your current role at Northern Trust. Hi, Patricia. Uh, delighted to be uh, talking to you today about T plus one. So a little bit about myself. As you mentioned, I'm the uh, global head of regulatory products here at Northern Trust. And I have been at Northern Trust now for a year and a half. But my, my background is I originally trained as a lawyer. So I originally trained as a barrister and then I cross-qualified as a uh, UK solicitor. Uh, and I did that on an in-house basis at BNY Mellon, where I spent quite a substantial amount of my career doing various regulatory roles. But I also had a stint at Deloitte, where I led their capital markets work within their Centre for Regulatory Strategy. Initially, I started out in a legal department, but I have had a, a number of regulatory roles. I genuinely enjoy working with regulation and seeing what, you know, what it does to the industry, how it changes our clients' behaviour, and, and obviously what it means to the banking industry more, more generally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a really interesting area to be in. A, a lot of times we're really seeing that regulation is what triggers change in behavior rather than it being sort of natural attrition. So it is an exciting space from a, from a strategic perspective. It, that is quite the background. That It's almost a perfect background for what you're doing. Yeah, no, it is, it's really useful, the, the legal background, uh, because it means I'm not reliant on, you know, always having to go to external counsel or to compliance to get a view on what the regulation means. It often means that I can get to the heart of the change without necessarily having to go through, you know, other SMEs to, to get me there. It's also particularly helped by having sort of strong industry links as well, really making sure that we're plugged into the right industry associations, forums like AFMI or SIFMA or UK Finance, being on the right working groups, really being at the heart of understanding and interpreting new regulation mm-hmm. um, is, is, is absolutely key to my role here at Northern. Uh, and it's also what I really enjoy. So, Excellent. Well, Natalie, talk us through the developments that have occurred to support this transition to a T plus one settlement cycle. Sure. So from a US perspective, we had the Securities Exchange Commission approve the changes to a rule which has shortened the securities transaction settlement cycle. And it's shortened it from T plus two, which is what mm-hmm. we currently have, mm-hmm. to now we're moving to T plus one. And that essentially means trade date plus plus one. And 
it is not just the security settlement cycle that has been shortened, but there have been sort of some other mandatory regulatory requirements. And previously, affirmations were really, you know, they were good practice. And a lot of market participants were using affirmations within their security settlement. However, now it's really a mandatory part of the process. And there are also requirements around record keeping. That only really applies to registered investment advisors. But it's important to kind of remember that this isn't simply just a shortening of of the security settlement cycle. Hmm. With your regulatory experience, talk to us about the benefits of this transition to participants. So there are really a number of of benefits. Um, And I think, you know, before you kind of look at the benefits, you've got to think about why, you know, Mm -hmm. why has this, why has this happened, right? I think it became really clear during the pandemic, particularly around the fraud, around the GameStop, you know, trading frenzies and the various sort of mem stock issues that, that, that came out. DTCC made it kind of very clear following the complaints that the two-day settlement period was actually a critical factor in its decision to restrict some of the, the share trading at that time during during the GameStop fraud. So I think that that is, you know, a core driver for why we're, we're seeing this change. And if you think, you know, what does T plus two mean? It means that at any given time, you're going to have less trades in flight. And just having less trades in flight ultimately means less market risk, right? It means less counterparty risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of brings you to, you know, to some of the benefits of, you know, why actually this is a really positive change for the industry. When you have this kind of reduced risk profile, it also results in less margin being posted. And ultimately, it's really beneficial for market liquidity. Um, you know, we should have, as a result, more robust, resilient and efficient markets as well. And I think there are various reasons why we're going to see more efficient markets. It's going to be because we have now a lot more straight through processing and automation as a result of this change. Because if you think if, if you think everybody is going to have less time to settle their securities, they're not going to be able to use, man- they're not going to be able to rely on manual processes. Everybody is going to have to look at how quickly can they get their instructions in place. And a lot of that now, the timeframes are becoming so tight that you're really going to have to think about automation as mm. the as the key way to, to achieve T plus one. And ultimately, at some point, of course, the industry is going to turn and look at T plus zero as well. Those are some great benefits. But what are some of your uh, major concerns about this transition too? So I, I think at the moment, our concerns really are twofold. There are There's an issue because, you know, markets are obviously global in nature. And we're talking here, obviously, about the US settlement cycle. And I have to tell you as well that T plus one isn't just restricted to the US. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have the Mexican markets that have announced that they're going to move and the Canadian markets as well. But however, that still leaves a big gap between the European markets and the Asian markets where like as as an example, funds typically settle on T plus two. And where you've got a discrepancy between a settlement cycle, what you're going to see is a funding gap. So we're going to see market participants really looking at what the available liquidity 
is to them. But that, of course, causes a headache. And particularly for European funds, and I think in, in some other instances as well, there are other sort of regulatory restrictions on those funds that actually stop them from accessing liquidity beyond a certain point. Hmm. And so that is difficult to, to deal with, that kind of where, you know, global regulations are kind of against you in, in terms of achieving the, the T plus one settlement cycle. But also, I think you've really got to, people have to realise that it is going to take time to analyse your flows to make sure that you are really ready for this regulation. And you've really got to drill down into how your operational flows work around security settlement. And it's not just security settlement either. You've really got to look at what you're doing in terms of FX. Do you have people in the right places to instruct at the right times? And similarly with securities finance as well and sec lending, you've really got to make sure that you're able to you know, return or uh, any stocks in time your other processing in line with T plus one. What we're now going to see is that most of the operational processes are going to, around securities uh, settlement, are going to happen after close of business New York time and before 9pm New York time. So you've got this four hour window where you've got to have people on the ground instructing appropriately. And not everybody, not everybody is prepared for that right now especially dependent on where you are you know where in the world you are located right you may not have you may not have people in the right place and if you don't have people in the right place you've got to look at how you're going to outsource that and of course getting those types of agreements in place takes time and i think a lot of market participants are only just now actually waking up to t plus one so we're running we're, we're pushed for time right hey or you mentioned u.s mexican and, and canadian markets they they must follow this and you talked a bit about the impact on the EMEA and APAC markets. Talk a little bit more about that impact, if you would. And is there an option to opt out? So is there an option to, to opt out? So technically, within the regulatory text, there is an option to opt out. But it is one that in the industry forums has been discussed at some length. And I think the consensus that has been reached is that it, it is not one that you would use on a consistent basis or a mm -hmm. regular basis. If for whatever reason, actually there was one trade on an ad hoc basis that, that didn't follow T plus one, I think you could, with obviously guidance from your legal and, and compliance folk, potentially look to use some of the, some of the text uh, for that. But I think you've got to think about this in terms of what you're doing on a consistent basis. You can't routinely opt out, let's, let's put right. it that way. Okay, you're, you don't want to jump back and forth. You don't want to jump back and forth, but you've got to have a plan. Like you, you've, got, you've got to have a plan as to how you are going to be dealing with T plus one. Okay. Talk to me about how uh, banks like Northern Trust, custodian banks, are preparing for the change and, and actually what steps Northern Trust is taking to make this as seamless as possible. Northern Trust has had a major program in place looking at this um, for multiple years now. And we've really analysed what T plus one means to our workflows across multiple disciplines within the bank. But we've also spent quite a lot of time looking at what this means to our clients' workflows as well. So really thinking about how we can help them. And we are absolutely going to be ready for T plus one in May next year when, when it goes live. 
And we're actually at a point now where we've joined industry testing. So we are, are testing our capabilities as we speak. And we are also preparing to test directly with clients as well as of Q1 next year. Natalie, you mentioned affirmations will be mandatory. What is that going to mean for clients? So affirmations are, are basically the process by which the, the sell side version of the trade or the broker confirm can be authorized by buy side clients prior to their submission for settlement. And that is actually done in addition to trade matching or, or confirmation. And at the moment, affirmations are going to be completed or are being completed on T plus one, I think at 11.30 Eastern time. However, that is moving to T uh, and you have to do it by 9 p.m. New York time. Mm. And that means you're going to need to get your trade instructions to your custodian much quicker than before. And there are a number of ways that you can affirm. Of course, you can affirm yourself directly as a client. Um, if that's what you'd like to do. But if you are going to do it yourself, you've got to really think about how I got people available between 5pm and 9pm New York time, because that's when you're going to do it. If actually you don't have individuals available at that point, you can think about an auto affirmation. And that is something that DTCC can do on your behalf, or it is something that that Northern Trust can also do on, on your behalf. And we think that one of the sort of most efficient ways to do this is by having your own trade suite ID. And it basically makes it much easier for us and for counterparties to identify the affirmation that has been created. And, you know, the one thing that is really clear is that when you are using your own trade suite ID, the affirmation rate is, I think it's like 50% higher typically, than when you, you use your custodian's own omnibus account ID. So there's a real benefit in, in having that, that trade suite ID. And actually, it's one of the sort of most important things that clients can kind of do to prepare for T plus one is really spend some time thinking about what causes any breaks or any settlement failures in their process today. And what we've found is that and this is very basic, is that standard settlement instructions tend to create breaks still. So obviously, have a look at your SSIs because they are super important to get right. But another sort of significant thing is thinking about having your own trade suite ID. It's a really kind of practical choice that clients can make. Some very practical thoughts there, yes. So as we wrap this up, is there one final thought you'd want to leave with listeners in regard to how they best prepare for this transition and position themselves to take advantage of opportunities that it will present. Yeah. So I think, you know, as we've talked about, like, go away and have a look at your trade processing life cycle and have a think, not just about how you're going to affirm your trades, but look at the whole life cycle. So have a think about when do you, when would you typically, you know, undertake an FX in order to make sure that you've got the cash available to you within your account to then undertake any securities transaction that you need to enter into. Think about your securities lending process. You know, are you going to be able to instruct in time to recall any securities that perhaps you want to be selling? And think about whether or not actually outsourcing perhaps your sec lending processes or even your FX processes, whether that is going to buy you enough time to be able to, to, to meet the, 
the, the new deadlines and really think about, and I think as part of that process, think about, you know, do you have people in the right places that are going to cover the right hours? These timeframes are really tight and, you know, you've really got to think about what automation can I introduce? What straight through processing can we create? And also, and I think really importantly, and we touched upon this at the beginning, is what does this mean to you in terms of funding requirements? Are you going to be able to have close to real-time data about when cash is coming into your accounts, when securities are coming into your accounts? And will you have uh, appropriate funding now? Mm -hmm. Quick question too. Natalie, do you see T plus zero around the corner? So it's a, it's a great question because when T plus one was first announced, we actually thought, uh, we actually, br we breathed a sigh of relief because in the proposal, it had actually been discussed whether or not we should be moving to T plus zero. Oh, really? So we were, yeah. So we, ah. so we were worried that the SEC was going to jump straight to T plus zero. And they've, I think they recognize that there are a number of challenges still with T plus zero. I think it's going to be challenging enough for market participants to get to T plus one. We were relieved as an, as an institution to, to see that we didn't go straight for the T plus zero. But I wouldn't be surprised if actually T plus zero is not that far away, particularly as we find ourselves moving closer and closer to a you know digital cash and a digital assets age. Mm -hmm. Very much T plus zero is is on the is on the cards. What I can't say for certain right now is is when that will be. And I'm not going to ask you to, but we'll be talking again, I'm sure, when it does happen. Natalie, yeah. thank you so much for your time and this great discussion about the change to a T1 settlement cycle and how the industry is preparing. And thank you for listening to Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Subscribe to Faster Forward from your favorite podcast app to be automatically notified of new episodes. This audio podcast is being provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not meant to be taken as investment advice or a recommendation of any specific investment product or strategy. The information does not take your financial situation, investment objective, or risk tolerance into consideration. Listeners, including professionals, should under no circumstances rely upon this information as a substitute for their own research or for obtaining specific legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice from their own counsel. Northern Trust Corporation, Head Office 50 South LaSalle Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60603. USA Incorporated with limited liability in the U.S. 